Welcome back to episode 170 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and that demon over there knows everybody's business. It's why her hair is so big. It's the keeper of secrets. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Good old keeper of secrets. Gretchen, it's Gretchen Wieners, okay? Is Gretchen actually good at keeping secrets? No. Oh, okay. That's a bad keeper of secrets. I also think her dad is the one that invented the toaster strudel. That's what I heard. I have heard that. (laughs) And I'm your other host, Mike. And the chaos deck in the 40k decks really embodies one of the main demonic forces in Warhammer lore. In Warhammer lore. Um, It's corn. It's got the juices. Big lump of knobs. It has the juice. If you're not familiar, corn is one of the demons. Nurgle, Zinch, Slanesh, and Korn. Is Korn in the set? No. Uh, oh. Karn the Betrayer would be like the one that's most Korn-esque. Korn-esque. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some Korn Berserkers and Korn Bloodletters in the in the deck, but no Korn itself. No Korn itself. Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast where we talk about Commander. Our favorite Magic Gathering format. I can't believe that Unfinity previews are starting, and I forgot that Unfinity and the Warhammer 40k decks came out on the exact same day. Yeah, it's a lot of products. To, to, to equal out like an entire uh, set worth of, of new Black Border cards. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the Warhammer 40k had how many? 42? 42 per deck. There might have been a couple crossovers, because I saw, at least on Scryfall, it said 160 new cards. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Which is like what an old set, an old small set mm-hmm. used to be like a Dragon's Maze type set would be a small, like around as many cards as we just got in Warhammer 40k. And then Unfinity is giving us a lot of new cards, which, yeah. by the way, I'm thrilled for. Yeah. That set is for me. It has Seems attractions. Like it has stickers. Mm-hmm. It has our first Planeswalker dog that deals with dice rolling and stickers. You oh, can't. Yeah. Is it no tickets? Tickets, tickets. which it, you can spend to buy stickers. Yes, and then go to attractions. You can do that as um, well. But the dog, I'm pretty sure, is the planeswalker that doesn't listen to you because, like, you okay. can. T- but you you roll a die, so it does whatever the die says. You just tell it to do something. It's not a well trained dog. Yeah, you yeah, just call your dog over and go, "Do a trick." Do just <laughs> do a trick. Yeah, and you wanted it to sit pretty, but it rolls over. Yeah, you know. It's I guess cute. if it rolls over, that's still pretty. It's still pretty cute. That's pretty well trained. <laughs> <laughs> and we also got feedback that some folks would actually be interested in fanny packs mm-hmm. for the show. We talked about this on a stream. I think it was on a stream we talked about it. And then we might have mentioned it on the show before. But yeah. if we did fanny packs and we did like patches, we could have those. So if you are interested, like send us an email or like do a poll or something in our Discord to let us know yeah. how many you would actually like. So And, and what colors you would want to. Because I'm thinking like retro neon everything 90s like uh is it 90s or is it more 80s i don't know i wasn't born in the 80s so i'm saying 90s. i was for one month (laughs) i know the 80s like the back of my hand okay i'm the only person in my family born in the 80s and i tell people that i was born in november Mm, of 89 i feel like watching saved by the bell i would see that type of fanny pack though and that was oh i guess that's a 90s show yeah it's early 90s to be fair yeah late late 80s late 80s early (laughs) Early 90s (laughs) (laughs) and we also for the first time and i don't even know how long long time it's been a really long time uh actually i guess like the command fests was yeah. the last time. But you and I got to play Commander games mm-hmm. off stream for the first time since I think Command Fest Chicago. Yeah, I think that's right. And and because we well, we had a board game night, but we decided not to play Magic. That yeah, night. we we were actually we do play games that are other than yes. Magic. So we played we played some of those, but um, we got to play. Uh, well, you played two of the new Warhammer 40k decks mm-hmm. through the Moxfield playtester, and you you did that right into Spell Table, which was cool because yeah. we got to see how some of those decks played. And I will say there are lots of words on those cards. A lot of words. Don't don't sleep on the words. The words sometimes do stuff, <laughs> and they're good words. <laughs> We don't want to give away too much before we hop into the episode. So, yeah. you know, it's words. They have words. There's, there are lots of words. I would say, in some cases, too many words yeah. on some of those cards. Like, there's that one that one old uncard that cared about how many words are in the name of a creature, and that's, like, its actual power and toughness. It was, like, this creature's name is the longest it could possibly be elemental or something like that. 
yeah, the longest we could possibly fit on the border of a card or something. So yeah. It like went around the border of the card. So if there's any uncards that care about number of words on cards, 40K decks. 40K decks is where you want to put That's those. That's right. <laughs> hey, before we continue, thank you for listening to our show and for coming back week after week. Um, we really appreciate that you listen to us and that we get lots of comments from you yes. on, on Twitter. Um, I, I, I know that some folks uh, told me that when I mentioned uh, Gruntilda from uh, Banjo-Kazooie, yes. that, that was something that was going to be stuck in their head. Um, yeah. So we appreciate that you guys come back every single week, especially all of our patrons. We cannot thank you enough. Um, for your support. Um, it lets us do a lot of fun things and do giveaways and, you know, keep our streams going and get new emotes. We got new emotes, yeah. which um, if you are one of our subscribers on Twitch, uh, we got those. Um, Kelsum Gaming, uh, our graphic designer, Chris Wolf, mm -hmm. uh, did a few of those for us. So go check those out. Um, and if you want to be a supporter on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount. And if you're looking to support in another way or an additional way, whatever you are enjoying the, the podcast on now, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts, if you could subscribe, rate, review, uh, leave comments, um, we'd be most appreciative. But you can also find us on a bunch of other social media platforms. You can find us on YouTube if you're not already watching us there, Instagram, Twitter, um, and, and and like Andy alluded to with the fanny pack discussion, you can also email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. Mike, what are we talking about this week? This week, uh, we finally have the fully spoiled Warhammer 40k decks, which brought to us 160 brand new cards into our eternal format, along with some really cool artwork reprints, in my opinion. Oh, no, they, they are. Yeah, they're good. Uh, and we're going to take a look at the cards here like we would um, doing a set review because we're going to add cards from the set to our deck. So many cards. <laughs> Maybe talk about new decks that we want to build and uh, and and some of the, the experiences we've already had with the 40k decks and talk about those all right let's deep strike mike told me if i said that there were some people that would be like oh he really knows what he's doing yeah cause i hope deep striking is still a thing in 40k i haven't played in like 15 years but i imagine it is imagine it's still a thing it probably I hope so. I've never played the game. If deep striking is still a thing or if it's not still a thing, comment below. <laughs> so the 40k decks, there were there are four different decks. The first one is the Tyranid Swarm, a blue-red green deck that focuses on plus one plus one counters and aggro strategies. Yeah, the second one is the Ruinous Powers one, which is focused around the Chaos and Chaos Space Marine armies. This is a blue, black, red instance and sorceries and life loss um, with a special keyword that we'll talk about later. All right. Next is the Necron Dynasties, a mono black deck focusing on artifacts and graveyard interactions. And then the last one we have is the Forces of the Imperium, which covers Space Marines and Inquisitors and Grey Knights. And there's a lot of a lot of different armies, actually, that this one covers. This is white, blue and black. And this is kind of a tokens and go wide. And I would say even utility. There's a lot of different little things you can do inside. Of this so before we, we got to do this episode, we got to test, like we mm -hmm. mentioned, we got to play some off stream. And you played both the Necron Dynasties deck and the Forces of the Imperium deck. Yes. So I got to see the mono black. And then the Esper color deck. So mm -hmm. artifact and graveyard synergies and the other ones tokens and go wide. So um, the forces of the Imperium did not do as much as the mono black deck did. No. Um, it, but I do like what the commander does, which is giving your creatures plus uh, one plus oh and vigilance. And then you can pay one generic and tap it to tap uh, an opponent's creature to investigate. You make a clue. That's yeah. great. It's really, really strong. Um, I, I I thought that deck would probably be one of the stronger right out of the box. Um, but a lot of the token generation and stuff that comes from that deck is from like a four or five mana creature that you then have to pay extra mana into in order to create the token. And the decks are just, I mean, it, it seemed a little slow. There's not, there's not enough low end ramp to get there. Maybe I didn't keep the right hand. I only played one game. Maybe I didn't keep the right hand and I should mulligan until I have, you know, a good two drop, a good three drop, a good four drop and, and just ramp out. Um, but it seemed like everything was really high, highly um, 
mana value. I mean, it was is the curve the curve of the deck seems high. Yeah, in the Inquisitors one. Well, so. and then on the opposite end, the Necron Dynasties oh. that deck did a lot, and you also played through a board wipe. There was a, there was an Urza's Ruinous Blast at mm-hmm. one point in the game, which did remove. Um, it didn't remove a lot from you. No, two or three creatures. Maybe. But um, there's a lot of creatures in that deck that do things when they when they attack. Mm-hmm. Um, the unearth strategy in that deck, Unearth's bringing cool. creatures back. That there's like an unearth fleshbag marauder type yes, creature, which is. is very. It was very good. Yeah, I, I I really like. I mean, the mono black when we played the mono black deck, the the game went a lot longer. Yeah, was it turned. 12 12 or something like when that? the game when the game was over mm-hmm. so it was a it was the warhammer 40k precon versus a mihail merfolk deck mm-hmm. and there was a uh, dihada precon upgrade yeah precon upgrade so it was i think the power level on all three were fine it was it was just there, there were a lot of abilities happening yeah. throughout the game. Well, the only reason I even killed the dihada player was from a a miracle draw uh while I was swinging yeah i will say that you turned through a lot of that deck and you only you had less than 40 cards left in your deck at the end because of the face commander that was having you mill. yeah mill three every single time you swing it's fantastic so these decks have some new and returning mechanics we'll start with the returning mechanics the first is miracle uh which provides an alternative cost for a card which if it's the first card that you drew this turn you can reveal it and then you can play it for its miracle cost um, this is the first time that we see it on permanence. Before it was on like instants and sorceries. Mm-hmm. Now it is on some creatures. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, Unearth, which allows you to return cards from your graveyard, specifically creature cards, um, but you have to exile them at the end step or whenever they leave the battlefield, they go into exile instead of graveyard. They do have haste, though. Yes. Uh, Cascade, uh, which we've, we've been seeing that quite a bit recently. A Cascade, which allows you to cast non-land cards with a lower mana value um, from your library without paying their mana cost. And that's the big keyword that's actually in that chaos deck that I alluded to earlier. Uh, we have investigate, which we talked about a little bit. Make clue tokens so you can sacrifice to draw a card. Uh, battle cry returns, which uh, has whenever the creature with battle cry attacks, all of your attacking creatures get plus one plus O. Oh. We have escalate, which is on modal cards, um, so cards that you have options to pick from. And when you pay the escalate cost, whether that's mana or tapping creatures, you get to pick more than one option. So it's it's kicker. You know, everything's kicker. Everything's kicker. Uh, Convoke lets you tap your creatures to cast spells. And we have Cycling, which allows you to discard cards along with a mana cost in order to draw a card. Yes. Now we have two new mechanics. The first is Squad, which allows you to pay an extra casting cost any number of times to make that many copies of that spell. Some might say, like, multi-kicker. It is multi-kicker. Yeah. So, uh, like an example would be Vanguard Suppressor, uh, a 3 2 uh, Astartes Warrior for three and a blue. It has flying, and whenever uh, it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card, but it has squad two. So you can pay two generic mana as many times as you want to make that many copies of Vanguard Suppressor. Yeah, I'm not sure if multi-kicker is is worded the same way as an enter the battlefield effect or not. And I'm just reading that now. And maybe that's the difference. And that could make this actually a lot stronger. If you can double your ETBs with the Panharmonicon or something, that could be pretty cool. The other unique mechanic we have from this set is Ravenous. So Ravenous is a mechanic that's in the Tyranid decks that allows players to draw a card uh, when they pay at least five into the X cost of what some of these Tyranids are. So the example we have here is a Termagant Swarm. For X and a green, you get a 0-0 with Ravenous. So if, um, enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. If X is five or more, draw a card. Uh, has another ability, Death Frenzy. Whenever a Termagant Swarm dies, create a number of 1-1 one, one green Tyranid creature tokens equal to Termagant Swarm's power. So I'm just picturing like a Zaxara X cost deck, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. I, I I like that a lot of the creatures in the Tyranid deck do have more than zero power. So you can put zero into the X and still get a creature. Not all of them are like that, but I like that some of them have that so that you can still play cards early in the game. Yeah, yeah. So those are the new returning mechanics. Let's talk about the cards that we may put into some of our decks or cards that we really just want to try out oh, yeah. if we don't have a deck for it yet. My first card is Celestine, the Living Saint. This is a 3-4 flying lifelink human warrior. Not an angel. Definitely looks like an angel <laughs> for four and a white. <clears throat> it has healing tears at the beginning of your end step. Return target creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield where X is the amount of life you gain this turn. So it being a 3-4 means that 
you get to at least return a one, two, or three mana creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I I like this for my Cigar to Heron's Grace deck. So this is a human. It's not it's not an angel. So it works really well with what I'm already playing. Mm-hmm. And 24 of my 32 creature cards in that deck can be returned with just Celestine attacking because they're all mana value three or less. So it's a very low mana value deck. Nice. But I've also got generic lifelink like strategy. Well, it's not even strategy. It's just generic lifelink on things that I'm already running that work with sure. it. Like a giant Johnny the Great Heart of the Planeswalker, Sarah Ascendant, Charming Prince, Mangara the Diplomat, and then Rick's Steadfast Leader. So that would be like seven cards total that generically work with humans. Yeah. That it, it just kind of makes sense to add this. The problem with that deck is it's just I'm finding such a hard time to cut things now because I've had yeah. it for like had that deck for so long i can only imagine because when i go to look at my five color morophon deck to make cuts it's impossible it's it's very difficult and sometimes you just want to change it up so i'll just i'll cut you for now but you might have to come back so um i didn't expect to see a mono white human from this warhammer 40k making it a one-way deck but i don't think i'm playing many black cards for that's fair a lot of black in the set i do um i really like the flavor side of it i hadn't noticed it until this conversation that this is not an angel and is a human um celestine is one of the leaders of a of a group called the blood angels uh in in space marines um but they use jetpacks as their wings so it kind of makes sense they're not an actual angel but they represent angels wild yeah it's pretty cool stuff um my i mean i already talked about this card a little bit so i'm going to go a little bit in depth on inquisitor grayfax uh, this is the face commander from the inquisitors deck uh, inquisitor grayfax is a three three human inquisitor for one a white a blue and a black with vigilance and other creatures you control get plus one plus oh and have vigilance and has an ability where you can pay one generic tap it and and tap target creature and opponent controls to investigate. Um, so this card is going to be going into my Morophon humans deck. Uh, the the fact that I can cast it for one mana when Morophon is out because Morophon reduces casting cost by Wooberg uh, makes it a really really efficient uh, version of Rick Steadfast here. I was funny that you just talked about Rick Andy. Um, and you you're talking about Rick in terms of the lifelink. I'm talking about Rick in terms of the vigilance. Uh, Rick does have that caveat where you have to have uh, two other humans, or sorry, four or more humans. So, so three other humans other than Rick in order to get that bonus. And Inquisitor Grayfax, you don't need it. So I like Inquisitor Grayfax on the curve up to Rick, um, but it's going to be really good. It doesn't care about humans uh, by itself, but the vigilance keyword is just so strong for your entire board that it goes in. Well, it's nice that this commander also has vigilance, so you can swing with it and then also activate that ability if mm-hmm. you keep the man up. I think it was good. Um, I did have to negotiate i know when i played a game i was like if you like don't do this so that i can keep a blocker to Mm -hmm. fight off the soul of wind grace that was going to definitely be coming at me Mm -hmm. um i like that because it's just something generic that people have to watch for it is it is it does require a lot of board board management though to watch it and go oh shoot mike left up that thing that could tap down my thing yes so you have to really make a lot of decisions there um my next card is an enchantment this is a black card out of the tombs for three mana two and a black it says at the beginning of your upkeep put two aeon counters on out of the tombs then mill cards equal to the number of aeon counters on it if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it instead return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield if you cannot you lose the game so uh this this goes infinite which is I think really wild with another card that cares about Aeon counters, which is Magosi the Water Veil. And then the land from, I believe this was the Ikoria precons because it moved counter, like moving counters around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Magosi the Water Veil enters tapped, taps for blue. You can pay a blue and tap it to put an Aeon counter on Magosi the Water Veil and you skip your next turn. But then you can tap it to remove an Aeon counter from Magosi the Water Veil, return it to its owner's hand, and take an extra turn after this one. They they both care about Aeon counters. So with Nesting Grounds, you can pay one and tap it to remove uh, to move a counter from one permanent you control to another permanent you control. So you can move the Aeon counters off of Out of the Tombs onto Magosi, and you can tap and remove the, the, the counter, return mm-hmm. it to your hand, and then play it down as your land for a turn. And, and you're just, you're going to take infinite turns. I don't know what I would do with them, but I want to just do it. Swing with an evasive 1-1. One, one. 
and that way it takes 120 turns to end the game oh you're assuming everybody's at 40 by the time that i've, I've... i assume you get this off on turn one yes it's a turn i one. mean you could you, dark ritual you it could out or play magosi you... on one it'd be uh, hard it'd be hard you'd have no to no i don't i don't think i don't think one but i think you could probably get this off on turn four but you have to have two lands no matter what so no matter what you're on turn two yeah yeah i mean no matter what I'm like even so you have to yeah I guess you do. Have They're to both have two lands. lands. Nesting grounds so, has to be out. So if you go see. if you do expand into the color white, there's an enchantment called Resourceful Defense, which also allows you to move any number of counters from permanent to permanent. So uh, that is a three mana enchantment though, and it's probably going to be way past turn two uh, regardless. I mean, out of the tombs is a three mana enchantment too that cares about AI counters. Yeah, but that you can cast with Dark Ritual, so it's not a big deal. Oh, not a big deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> I just want to get this off one time and just say, hey, look. Look what I did, and but I don't know how I would win. I just think this is really fun. I, I'm excited to see this uh, this enchantment just in its natural form, too, to see if someone does empty deck themselves with this enchantment out to, and try to win that way. It seems terrifying, because you lose to a Bajuka Bog, and that, I mean... Well, yeah, but only if you can't return a creature from your graveyard. When this trigger goes off... Yes, like once, once it's ready to start reanimating, someone can kill you with a bajuka bog and that's scary to me but also i want to see it happen well i guess the thing is if you're removing all the a encounters you're not milling that much that's true you know that's so. true if you're doing it that strategy that's very very true all right so i have a few cards that i am going to be adding to uh henzy toolbox tori surprise surprise uh, and the first one i want to talk about is old one eye i like the this cycle over the last like two years of old something something yes. legendary creatures in mono green old, too old gnawbone we had old stick fingers which is black and green sure at least green old one eye i swear there's a fourth i could be wrong uh it's it's not old rasputin no that's just rasputin what is old Rasputin? I don't know. There's Rasputin. <laughs> Rasputin got a got a got a new legendary card in Dominion. I'll United look it up while you tell everybody what old one eye right. does. Old one eye uh, for five and a green. You get a legendary creature, Tyranid six six with trample. It says other creatures you control have trample. When old one eye enters the battlefield, create a five five green Tyranid creature token. And at the beginning of your pre combat main phase, you may discard two cards. If you do, return old one eye from your graveyard to your hand. So for six mana, you're getting 11 trample damage uh, just by casting out old one eye. You can bring it back from your graveyard by discarding some cards. Um, so this definitely is going into my Henzy Toolbox Tori deck. I have been running into some issues where I don't necessarily have a really good amount of card draw other than the Blitz abilities. And the Blitz, um, Henzy allows you to cast your creatures with Blitz so that they sacrifice at your end step to draw a card. Um, and you can cast it for a reduced cost and they gain haste. Um, so other than the blitz cost, I didn't really have a ton for card draw. So old one eye being able to turn like maybe two lands in a row into another old one eye to try again uh, seems really strong and always leaving that token behind. I don't block a lot in the Henzy deck. So the ability to block seems like a really good upside for me. Yeah, this seems really fun in in the Henzy deck. Mm -hmm. It's also you were very you were very close with your guess. It wasn't old Rasputin. It's old Rutstein. Rutstein. But it is another black green creature from the uh uh innistrad sets yeah. from last year this was crimson so they now, have to be so. at least green to be old so we've learned uh, no old creatures that are not green that's right they're all young they're all young <laughs> 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 all right my next card is exocrine and this is a card i need to stay really really cheap but i'm right now it's not looking so good but oh, really we'll see well it's 299 okay that is not cheap for a sleeveless deck oh that's very true so i would like this to go into my exava uh rakdos blood witch deck which is a uh rakdos plus one plus one counters matters deck that had um, gotten a revival uh like it, it became full of life after we got modified cards from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty mm -hmm. earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And this card is a red creature that gets plus one plus one counters but has an upside. So Exocrine is a 2-2 Tyranid creature for X, two generic, and one red. It has Ravenous, so that ability that says it enters with X plus one plus one counters on it. If X was five or more, I get to draw a card. Mm -hmm. But it also has when it enters, it deals X damage to each player and each other creature, which I think is 
very that's this is really good because if you pay four mana it enters and deals one damage to each other creature if you're playing against someone that's playing a tokens deck a small tokens deck mm -hmm. this is a small board wipe this oh, yeah. is electricery right it's mm -hmm. one but it can become two it can become three i mean paying this for x equals three feels like a board wipe for your opponents oh, for and sure. i'd have to look at how many of my creatures in many of my decks i don't this is something i actually should take away as homework but figure out how many creatures i have that would die to an exocrine at x equals three because that's six mana that's not that bad even two damage would deal would wipe the floor with the new merfolk deck that i just built mm -hmm. unless i had a couple of lords out of course right but, but then three damage might but three damage <laughs> might take everything out right for you know so this scales the longer the game goes which i always like the card's just better if you draw it early it's fine if you draw it late it's really good if it just sits in your hand and rots until that's fine too because mm -hmm. it's just you want to spend all your mana on mm -hmm. it but i i think it's great because even if it comes in with one it'll have haste because of my commander right and most of my creatures in that deck are large enough that they won't die to this being x equals two they might die if it's x equals three mm -hmm. but that's great. That's fantastic. And then if you if you top deck this when you're uh, hellbent or something, you can draw a card by spending eight mana into it. Right. If you you yes, if you you spend eight into it and you have no creatures, you're gonna do x equals eight damage to each other creature. X equals five damage. Well, okay. So you said x equals eight. So if we do eight, eight mana. mana total for yes. x equals five. Okay. okay yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. x equals five. Yes. That's still probably a board wipe. That's probably oh, for, still a board for, wipe. In most, it's a board wipe in my legendary humans deck. So I imagine it doesn't kill Morifon, but that's literally it. Yeah. Everything else dies. So if you spent eight mana total for X equals five, you draw a card and it's a board wipe. This card's just fantastic. I, you know, I want it to not be two ninety nine, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how popular this will be. We not have sure. we 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 are a, two weeks out from Dominaria United, yeah. and Unfinity previews are happening. So mm -hmm. like. Will this one get forgotten? Yeah, maybe it'll get lost and go right down in the bargain bin. Please. <laughs> Please. Exava needs this. I would say it's still a rare, but I think like all the new cards are rares in Well, methods. I don't rarity in Commander does also not doesn't matter, matter in Pre-Dex. There's only one of it. It'll matter when the Doctor Who set comes out because that's getting its own version of packs. Of packs? Yes. It's gonna have its own like collect collector booster box. That you can buy alongside with the Doctor oh, Who got decks. It. Okay, well then maybe there it will. Then there it will here. It but Exocrine, I think, is really good, and I would like to try this out. And maybe even I would even play this in like Tor Brand. I don't have that deck together anymore, but okay. this works in Tor Brand because that would be X plus plus two to everything that it hits. Yeah, this Tor, but Tor Brand only does that to your opponent's stuff, so your own stuff would actually be kind of protected. You still have to maybe. hit your own stuff for like one damage, but dealing one damage to all your own stuff does three damage to everything else. Yeah, so if you did X equals one, mm -hmm. yeah, Torbrand really players, good. maybe you need to be playing this you card. It. Yeah, it's it's whenever it deals damage to a permanent and opponent controls, it's plus two. So yeah, yeah, this is really good in Torbrand. Is it a, a permanent a, uh, an opponent controls or that player? You also get the plus two when it hits the player, right? Yeah, permanent yeah, okay. and opponent. Yeah, it's it's deal whenever a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent they control, which this deals it to both. Perfect. So this is a, a staple in Torbrand and. Exato That's right. If you have those, you have to put it in now. It's, it's a staple. the law. It's a staple. <laughs> All right. I'm going to talk about my own mono red card here, and that is Aspiring Champion. For four mana, three and a red, you get an Astari's Warrior 3-3 three, three with Menace that has when Aspiring Champion deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice it. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle the rest into your library. If that creature is a demon, it deals damage equal to its power to each opponent. Personally, I don't care about that last line of text. I don't have a lot of demons in my deck. If I do, that's cool. cool. I'm going to do some extra Upside. damage. That's not why it's there. Uh, this is actually going in two of my decks. I just talked about Henzi, so you can imagine it's going to be a good card in Henzi. Uh, but the other card I want to put in is my Delina Wild Mage deck, which cares about making token copies of things um, when you move to the attack step and you start attacking. So being able to make even one copy of Aspiring Champion, it already has its own evasiveness with Menace to get in. Uh, it sacrifices itself when it deals damage. I'm going to have to exile these tokens at the end of combat with Delina Wild Mage uh, anyways. Um, so any dice rolls I get where I make more than one copy of Aspiring Champion, it's just going to turn to more and more big things. I'm sure there's a world where I hit 15 Aspiring Champions, they all do damage, and then all of a sudden my... Uh, uh, my 
Oh my goodness, the the Minotaur that cares about red devotion. Oh, the fanatic of Mogus. Fanatic of Mogus will hopefully kill all of my opponents, and if not, I'll be left with a enormous board state of scary creatures. No matter what deck this goes in. Yeah. So speaking of a, a mono red card that cares about, or that Delina cares about, mm-hmm. I want to talk about a mono red card that my Rayonia deck cares about, which is Bloodthirstier. So Bloodthirstier is a Just six thirstier. six. Yes, it is. He's thirsty too. He's pretty okay. thirsty. He's thirstier He's thirsty than, for than I am. <laughs> blood Thurster is a 6 6 demon with flying and trample for five and a red. It says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you untap it. After this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. Blood Thurster can't attack a player, it has already attacked this turn. So this works really well with Rionia Fire Dancer, mm-hmm. which is a uh, extra combat deck that I built, uh, which says at the beginning of combat on your turn, create X tokens that are copies of the target creature you control, where X is one plus the number of instants and sorceries you've cast this turn. They gain haste, exile them at the beginning of the next end step. So any creature that can take infinite combats because you can... Um, I guess they don't have to be as long as it's non-legendary or you just get rid of the other one and it has haste and just keep swinging um, and grants an extra combat um, works in in this deck. Uh, Port Razor works in in Rionia. Um, the problem is with Bloodthirster. This one does not work with Delina because this does not untap all creatures you control. Unfortunately, it only untap or it, it, it can only um grant you an extra combat yeah. phase where Rionia makes an extra copy of this. Delina can't swing again. Delina doesn't have vigilance. Delina doesn't have vigilance. I guess if you gave a vigilance, that'd be cool. And can I, swing out. I thought about it on the car ride over here because I knew this would come up. And I don't think adding vigilance to Delina is worth also adding Bloodthirster. Yeah. Does but, it yeah. does it work with yeah, it works with all the others. But so I, I would still add Bloodthirster to my deck, probably. Yeah. So here um, I make a 6-6 six, six and, and I can um, swing because Rayoni gives it haste and mm-hmm. I swing at one of my opponents and it has flying and trample. Um, if it if it dies, that's not a big deal because you still have Bloodthirster. It just has to deal combat damage to a player. Um, so then you make another Bloodthirster and you just keep swinging it around the table. And then finally, it won't be able to swing at the third opponent but mm-hmm. now you're just rounding the bases yes i'm just picturing baseball and you're literally <laughs> just bringing them home and then they're sliding into home and saying i've done my job yeah i hope you won um so one of the biggest drawbacks of port razor is sometimes it's hard to actually get in for combat damage because you do have to deal the damage but when you have something that's six power flying and, and trample, trample that's ridiculous you're never not gonna do damage unless you're playing against the dragons deck or something and just make sure they're the last person well to that that out. was my that was what i was gonna say yeah. so if you've got two opponents you swing at the one with no flying mm-hmm. and then eventually you're gonna get your third dragon so when you start swinging at the opponent that might have three or four big flyers they're gonna have to block until they remove them but for each one that does truly get through you're going to get another combat. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're likely lining up, assuming by the time you do this, this is six man and you do have to have Rionia, you're probably looking at people are on turn six or seven yeah. or eight at this point. Most likely. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like it's going to get through even with the flying folks that mm-hmm. unless someone has maybe like Safara Skies Blade, is that one that gives indestructible to other flyers? Yes. Or is it lifelink? It's I can't remember. Yeah. Or or you're playing a, a flying deck that has an Avacyn and it's like, guess oh, you're yeah. never going to get through because Avacyn's going to block it. And it's... As long as everything is more than six toughness. As long as you have enough toughness to block, you can still trample Avacyn's over. eight. Avacyn okay. is an eight, eight. So there's at least... You get two Bloodthirsters going through on that, on the Avacyn player. Then... there's always a solution and the solution is to go wider it's just more blood you need to be thirstier thirstier for blood blood for the blood god bones for the bone throne yes i understand that joke i have no idea what's happening right now uh bloodthirster is one of those corn demons oh okay and the corn it has the juice it's got the blood the juice for corn for corn yeah what you didn't know is the juice for corn uh was blood um so uh, name of this episode 
So my card that I'm actually most excited from for this entire set for deck upgrades is a mono white card called Ultramarines Honor Guard. For three and a white, you get an Astari's Warrior 2-2 with squad two. So we explain that it's multi-kicker two. Um, and a text that says other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So this is a Lord for all of your creatures. And every time you pay two more mana into it, you get a token copy of that Lord that also gives other other creatures you, you control plus one plus one yeah so for six mana you're getting all other creatures you control get plus two plus two and both of your ultramarines honor guard will be three threes at the end of correct they give each other plus one because it's only others Mm -hmm. so i mean maybe this isn't going to be i was i was thinking about the mana cost of this to go into my abzan tokens deck um, because i feel like if i can double or triple the token generation from the squad ability it would just be really insane um, but I mean, that's like an eight mana cost. That's more than Avenger of Zendikar or something. So I don't know if it quite has Avenger of Zendikar, uh, uh, stay value, staying value in the deck, but we'll see. It's something I definitely really want to try out. And that Lord effect is nothing to, to scoff at. No, I'm, I, I wish this card had been a human. Yeah. I don't know what an Astartes is and Astartes warrior, but Najila didn't need another card. Warrior decks, you've got things. Mm-hmm. This could have been a human. But now the Astartes decks have something. This could have been an email. <laughs> it could have been. This could have been. I mean, no. and technically Space Marines are probably former humans. And when, oh. when they go superhuman, to because to, they're like 10 foot tall humans, basically. And that's probably, they're, they're no longer species human. They're oh. now species Astartes. All right. Maybe. I don't actually know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing when you play this to see how it works out. Yeah. And if you actually think, yeah, this makes the cut. Or if it's more of a pipe dream. Maybe if I have a, a, a Cryptolith rights out and 30 other creatures and I can squad like 10 times it'll totally be into worth a concordant it. crossroads which then gives you more mana mm. i'm seeing it mm. i'm seeing it now mm-hmm. it's all it's all coming together <laughs> all right my last card is the golden throne and this is a legendary artifact for four colorless and it says if you would lose the game instead exile the golden throne and your life total becomes one mm. i really like those lifelines and then Also, it has tap and sacrifice a creature, add three mana in combination of colors to your mana pool. So you've got sack a creature to essentially black lotus, but this one actually is any combination Mm -hmm. and not just like one color here. Um, So I want to put this in my Niambi Steam Speaker deck. I have cards in there that don't really do a whole lot, like Thran Temporal Gateway is also a four mana legendary artifact. That one lets me pay for, and I can put a legendary permanent onto the battlefield or a historic permanent, I think it says. Um, so I can put my creatures in. This one is kind of nice because it sits out. It can sack my creatures. I don't have a lot of reason, I guess, as to why I, I might want to sack them. I guess maybe in response to a board wipe to get mana to then have a five one of my instant um, reanimate cards because okay. I have a couple that are instant. So it's like, uh, this board wipe's happening. I'm going to lose this creature. There's no reason to counterspell this. So I'll sack my creature, get three mana. I might have one or two open extra. And then I play the instant speed reanimate before the phase changes. Mm-hmm. Well, you have you have some some powerful ETB triggers and stuff like Venser that you could loop from your graveyard or something too. Yeah, yeah. I have. I have. Um, I guess you kind of loop them from your hand though with Niambi. So this is just an extra loop, an well, extra way to loop. Well, with Niambi, I don't normally pull them back to my hand. Oh, okay. I normally reanimate. It's very, it's, I don't normally flash Niambi out to return a creature to my hand. Gotcha. It's something that a lot of people forget is on that card because mm-hmm. I don't, there aren't a ton of people that play that deck. And when I play it, I don't normally do that. I, I gotcha. normally like to pitch them to draw two cards gotcha. and then just play all the reanimate spells. That's but fair. it works both ways. So sure. I could absolutely return the card to my hand. Um, but I think this fits really well. And I like the cards um, like Angel's Grace that... Um, uh, make it so that you don't actually lose the game when um, your life total, like when Mm -hmm. you would lose. So Angel's Grace is an instant for one white. It says you can't lose the game this turn. Your opponents can't win. This isn't identically that, but it does say until end of turn damage that will reduce your life to less than one, reduces it to one instead, which is what this really just reminds me of. Your life total just becomes one if you Mm -hmm. would lose um, instead. So I think this is a solid add. Um, this card is kind of pricey and I'm not surprised. It's like a $15 card mm-hmm. right now. Um, but the, the Warhammer 40k decks are, I believe, a 
print like print to demand. So we should be getting more of these. So we'll see how popular they are and if a ton of them are open for sale. Um, but I know at least for you and a lot of, of our fellow content creator friends, they'd like to actually just open these and leave these as pre-cons to play with pre-con games. Yes. Because pre-con games are becoming far more interesting and slightly more powerful mm -hmm. as time goes on. And these are just cool. Yeah. And and this one we get a lot of fun flavor for, for all of us who came from the games workshop side of things. Yeah. I imagine the price of this is also coming from a lot of 40K fans because this is the depiction of the leader of all of the Imperium. If you're not aware, um, this, this thing that's on arcane life support sitting on this golden throne. Um, is is a barely alive leader of the entire Inquisitor force. Their life is one. Their life is always one. It's always one. It's, it's always one. You imagine it's very easy to kill this creature, but no one could get to them. This is the God Emperor. Got it. Just so you know. Um, but just as impressive as the God Emperor is the title of this card. <laughs> Sloppity Bile Piper. Um, and it and it's more than just the name of the card that actually makes this one really good. For three and a black, you get a three three demon where you can pay two generic and tap it to sacrifice a creature, and the next creature spell you cast this turn has cascade. That's the card. Um, but it's a sacrifice outlet that also allows you to cascade in any deck in mono black. Um, it, it's not something that allows you to sacrifice more than one creature per turn. Um, so you're going to have to slot it into something that can really take advantage of just one sacrifice. Um, so I actually have a lot of decks. This is probably going to go in my Abzan Tokens deck, my Henzi deck, my Black White Humans deck. But the one I'm most excited for is my Shadow Heart, Dark Justicar, and Dungeon Delver deck. Um, that one cares about ripping creatures off the top of your library with the, uh, the last proc of the Undercity uh, adventure. So cascading cards from the top of my library is going to do just as well. And I'm really excited uh, to add it in there and um, do some sloppity bile piper things with it. I like that the activation flavor words here is jolly gut pipes. Yes. It's gross. This is a, this looks like a happy demon though. Mm -hmm. I'd want to be friends with this. There are scary demons. This is a demon that I would want to run into. You would want to run into this If one. I ran into a demon in real life, it would be this demon. This demon probably is going to kill you, though, just so you know. It wouldn't. It would find someone else. It would accidentally. <laughs> so this demon is part of the part of the Nurgle, uh, which is all about like toxicity and pestilence and stuff. So oh. being in the proximity of this demon might kill you. Okay. I don't actually want to see it. <laughs> but if I did, it looks much nicer than all of the, the all of the other um demons i've seen mm -hmm. depicted in magic uh, i did have one honorable mention i'll go over it very quickly uh canoptic scarab swarm is a four generic mana artifact creature insect that's a one one with flying and when it enters the battlefield exile target player's graveyard for each artifact or land card exiled this way create a one one colorless insect artifact creature token with flying this is the best shirei card i've seen in such a long time i know we don't we don't normally do our segment of shirei and noyandar uh cards it's been a while it's been a while but there hasn't been a ton either um, but this particular card if you're playing a shirei deck you should definitely pick up a canoptic scarab swarm yeah i i mean i don't the, and I think the reason why we don't see Shirei a ton is because it's kind of difficult for that that deck to just play on spell table, which yeah. is unfortunate. It so, is. Um, you know, we got to do it at least once this year. So I guess start sleeving it back I'll up. I'll put it back together just for Canoptic Scarab. Just for that. All right. We're at that time where we're going to talk about uh, the deck we would build if we were to build a deck. Um, not not um, maybe specifically from the... Um, like face commanders um, sure but these could be just any of the legendary mm -hmm. creatures so um this one uh is something that i have a deck that kind of already does something similar so um it's one that i thought about well maybe i could just switch it out as the commander and it's not perfect but um i think it'd be fun just to try it out which is gearson's darn keller morph so a three two tyranid human for one blue red I think I'm an is it player again. I keep just picking all the is it cards. Mike pointed it out to me and I can't stop thinking about the fact that I'm just like, I guess I'm going to build another is it deck. You've been building a lot of Mardu decks lately though too. Well, you rebuilt Edgar and I think there was another Mardu deck you were going to build after that. Yeah, Edgar is back together. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So this card is Ward 2. Love Ward 2. It's great. Just make it, make it cost more to deal with it. And it has whenever another source you control deals exactly one damage to a permanent or player, Gearson Star and Keller Morph deals two damage to that permanent or player. So um, this plays similarly to my Locust God deck. This could go in my Locust God deck because the Locusts deal 
exactly one damage to a player when they hit. Yeah. So if I hit with 10 locusts, this will deal 20 and I'm actually hitting for 30 now. Mm. Oh yeah. So that's really ridiculous. That's really strong. Yeah. But if I put this into my Locust God deck, I'm already running cards like Perforos and Impact mm. Tremors. Mm -hmm. And Impact Tremors has whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent. Perforos deals two. So it, you know it's it's not that one doesn't work. Right. But Impact Tremors does. Um and there's lots of effects that yeah. just deal one damage. I think, I think Warstorm Surge would technically work because it deals damage equal to the power of the creature that enters, but it's a six mana enchantment. It is, but with the Locust, that it would work. absolutely is worth it. So I've seen uh, quite a bit of discussion on this. I think that there were just so many. Um, there were some content creators. I think I watched... Um, I'm not sure if Mana Curves did this or if it was uh, Commander Mechanic, but I know that they were both tweeting about this mm, at one mm -hmm. point. And uh, um, it, this one seems like a lot of fun. The problem is I just, I have the Locust God. And is it like, is it the same? I don't know. But I think I want to put it in the Locust God. Mm -hmm. Seems really good. Maybe you can you can do something fun like build it on a budget or something. Just board wipes that deal one damage each or whatever. There's tons Ele of Overloading them. like electricery. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, a home for the mono red MDFC spike field hazard. Okay. I can't remember, but it's a uh, it's a mountain like that comes in tapped mm -hmm. uh, red red mana on one side or it deals one damage to okay. something to any sure. so you can essentially you have a lightning bolt that is now an mdfc mm -hmm. seems like a great upgrade to that card i have to pull out all of the uh the red spells from my kazarov sengir pure blood deck from years and years and years ago because that really cared about dealing one damage to all creatures on the battlefield if sengir deals one gearson does an additional two right so the same spells would work now you're just lightning bolting but you have a big old uh, vampire yeah, also doing stuff that's really fun oh and even on added on top of this you'll be happy to know if you weren't already aware this particular creature does steal from coals from coals oh it's yeah, a gene it stealer a gene stealer, it's a gene yes. stealer well you know what coals needs better security than i guess i guess so. i guess if the tyranid humans coming you should up your security they're gonna uh, steal your genes yeah no they're definitely gonna steal your genes whether you see them coming or not <laughs> Um, so there's no surprise that the deck that I would build is going to be uh, a mono black one uh, from this set. But, you know, just at the that face value of that, there are so many good mono black creatures. There's so many. Um, the other the other two not face commanders from the Necron deck that I'm not going to talk about. Actually, there's four or five of them. Two of them have infinite combos. I am not pink it, picking either of those particular Necron commanders. I picked uh, Anarchier the Traveler. And Anrakir, and and Anrakir, Anrakir, the Traveler. This is a uh, four-four legendary artifact creature, Necron for four and a black. It has whenever Anrakir the Traveler attacks, you may cast an artifact spell from your hand or graveyard by paying life equal to its mana value rather than paying its mana cost. So you know, free artifacts that you do in fact get to cast. So I just figured like a free mono black value town artifact deck that played giant, giant, giant artifacts that I can just get out there for free, like Bolas's Citadel, which is then going to quote I was going to say, cascade. what if you cast Bolas's Citadel for life to then just pay more life? Yeah. It's Bolas's Citadel Inception. Yes. I love it. It really is. Um, but even cards like Darksteel Forge, which is another um, like eight or nine mana thing is going to make all my... Uh, uh, artifacts indestructible uh, i know i have a lot of love for triplicate titan which is yeah. another nine mana creature um, but maelstrom colossus and ingenuity engine are the ones i've been focusing on because you do get to cast the spells and those two particular artifacts have cascade so taking a little bit out of the chaos deck put it into a necron deck um, maelstrom colossus is just an eight mana seven seven with cascade ingenuity engine is a uh, seven mana artifact with cascade you can pay one tap it sack an artifact and return target artifact you control to its owner's hand. So Ingenuity Engine actually has a lot of extra upside if I were to focus on the artifact creature Necron type of deal um, outside of these artifacts. And I, I mean, it's in the deck for a reason. It would work really well to just cast the creatures from your graveyard that are Necrons that maybe they have unearthed, but you don't have to use their unearthed. That way you can use them again the next turn. Um, I do need a way to offset the life loss though. And I haven't figured it out other than like Whip of Erebos. 
That's the only because th- it's going to attack. It's going to be an attacking deck. Trade life sub theme. Oh, trade okay. life cards. Sure. Just but like only in mono black. That, which yeah, Jaren is a mono black. There's True. a couple of options, and if you're going to cast those cards, well, they're not. Ar- well, they're not one a- of them is an artifact oh. that has pay six mana and tap it. So okay. it's six and six. So you do have to. But that's we'll really there. smart. Actually, mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot because no one sees those cards coming and no one wants to remove that artifact because it's like, well, they have to pay six to, to trade. Like, are they going to? Yes. Yeah, I am I have to. I don't have to spend mana to cast my spells only to activate that artifact. Yeah, so. I like that sub theme. That'd be cool. Let's work on it. I'll, okay. I'll share it with you. It'll be... It'll Coil's going to make it so it's not a private <laughs> brew because Coil oh, always has R. 10 going and you don't know about it until he clicks public. Okay. Sometimes I have... <laughs> if you were to look at my architect on my accounts mode, you would see a billion decks that are just locked in private. There's like five versions of each deck that I start building when I build with different themes. And then only one of them actually makes it to the final. And I added a new folder that said active deck lists and I moved it into active deck list so that you can actually see which ones are real and which ones are not, which ones are built. Um, but I think this one might be the first one that I build uh, over on Moxfield. Um, nice. Now that I'm all set up on Moxfield, um, like we, we talked about earlier in the episode, the we tester. did some play testing with it and I'm all set up on there. So um, now if I want to play test decks before I buy all the cards for them, just head on over to Moxfield, build the deck, and play it. It's great. It'll be it's fun great. time. Yeah. So we're still in preview season here. Yeah, we are. You know, we're, re- we're, we're finishing up this episode, but we will be talking about more cards, I assume, as we learn more about Infinity. There are some cards that are legal in Commander there mm-hmm. that'll be legal in Eternal Formats, some that aren't. We got to already see a an Acorn stamp, which means it's not legal in Commander partner legendary creature which is crazy there's Mm -hmm. a mono red it's very cool so we'll be talking about that and um lots of dice rolling excited there is there's a planeswalker dog that has some dice rolling and tickets involved there's a a new space beller and there's a jace that that splits the battlefield into three zones and i think it's awesome so i'm very excited this uh this set warhammer 40k comes out one about just over a week from October the 7th. release of this episode. Yeah, week from, two weeks from this Friday. Two weeks from this Friday. Oh, two weeks. It is two weeks from this Friday. Mm-hmm. And Unfinity also comes out on that day. So if you are interested, check with your local LGS. And, they probably uh, have events for both, like ours do. Yes. And, and if you want to pre-order any of them, get those in now. And that's going to be it, everybody. If you want to find me online... You can find me on Twitter at Andy Floyd. And if you want to f- find me online, I'm on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. At me with all your 40K stuff. Andy doesn't know anything about it. I can't talk to him about it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> he, You know, he tells me about it and I don't know. But now I know that um, the juice from corn is blood. Yes, it that's is. that's it. It is blood. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.